Good morning and welcome to Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast where we are streaming live at all the wsocrfm.org.au. It's a little bit unusual today. We're actually recording from our home in Geelong and uh, so therefore I'd like to acknowledge the Wadawurrung people who are the traditional owners of the land that we're actually here on today and pay my respects to their elders both past and present. Due to the social distancing we are all hopefully complying with, today we're going to be chatting with Colac Area Health CEO Fiona Brew and uh, she'll be on the telephone in Colac to us. Hello Greg, Fiona Brew, how are you? G'day, how are you Fiona? Good, good. Under the pump but um, we all are in health at the moment. Yeah, understandable, and that's what we were ringing about to, to organise today, was to, uh, originally was going to be talking with you about World Health Day. And it's a totally different um, subject topic, isn't it? You yeah. You sound a bit snuffy, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm a little bit down, I guess, but I think a lot of people are, mm. um, and I don't think it, uh, yeah, it's not unusual with this, the way things are going at the moment, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it'll probably come across to a lot of other people. Maybe I should put a better smile on my face. How's that? Oh, sorry. No, I didn't mean it like that. But I know there's so much happening. Yeah, it is. Um, there's a lot happening. It's and with it being, you know, this is the seventieth year of World Health Day. Do you know that? No, I hadn't realised that. Yeah, it started in 1950. The one of the things, and it's really a salient point. I've just looked it up. Some stuff on it. And the main thrust of it was to give access to health care without the prospect of financial hardship. You're in public health. How do you provide it? I know. It's, um, I'd have to say it's a challenge. And I have a child that works in health as well. So um, it's a double whammy in our family, to be honest with you. It is, isn't it? It's a double whammy everywhere with everyone, though, isn't it, A lot in a lot Absolutely. of cases? Absolutely. But so in... what would you like to get out of today, Greg? Well, I sort of. Why did you? Why did you end up going to Colac? Is is probably a, a good reason because I know that uh, when I look at your bio, you had a lot of things that were you were wanting to look forward to in terms of, of future direction and that. But has that all been put on hold? No, I think it still is there. But I, I suppose my in answer to the first question, um, I've worked in this size organisation before. Plus, I've worked in regional hospitals. Um, you know, the bigger regional hospitals. What I like about this size organisation, you can get on, get things done. I love the um, community engagement um, and you become part of that community. Um, and you're also able to affect um, change much more quickly than what you are in bigger organisations. Um, and that's because you're closer to... Uh, the staff and the workforce than uh, big organisations just because of their sheer size and infrastructure. So in terms of um, Colac, why Colac? Um, I love this region. Um, I also saw it, my husband and I had um, uh, lived apart for various years of our uh, lives working and the next move we said we wanted to go together, which is what we've done. We're both down here. Um, and they've bought a house and all the rest of it. So we're fairly invested in being here and, and the actual community and have been um, made very welcome. So in terms of the health service, um, probably the other side of it, uh, Waikoloc Area Health, um, the diversity. So 
it's not the regional health service size, but it's bigger um, and has a uh, full profile of services. Um, and you may or may not be aware my background is theatre, so I was trained perioperative in anaesthetics recovery and theatre. So, um, you know, I have a strong nursing background and that diversity as a service and then with community services being part of the organisation, which you really get a bigger organisation, um, was a real attraction because um, it's the full complete service profile that we offer. And so that, it's really more of a hands-on then for you, is it, Fiona? Well, it, much, it is. Uh, look, it has been since I've been here. Um, and, you know, probably in time, well, definitely in time, it's about being able to uh, into the strategic around taking the organisation where we need to. But since I've been here, uh, we've had accreditation, so that was probably the first, um, uh, you know, two months that really heavily working towards that. In that time, we lost our pathology services. We had the cyber security incident. Um, uh, then there's been another, a couple of, a number of other changes um, from a staffing perspective and... Um, we're just getting ahead above water from the cyber security and now we've got COVID-19. So um, it's been um, it's been full on since I've been here. You've, you've certainly come in for an, a very exciting uh, year. When, when did you actually start? It was mid last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was indeed. Um, so I had the privilege of working with um, Jeff Iles for uh, a week around uh, May 27th, but uh, commenced um, is a role the following week, uh, I think it's June 3rd or 4th. So I'm coming up to, what does that make it, um, about nine months. Nine, nine months? That's a gestation period, isn't it? Correct. <laughs> 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 I'm putting it absolutely. Uh, do, uh, so do, I've been more than gestation in that time. <laughs> 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 oh dear, it sure has. With the... Uh, with the way Colac Area Health works, with Allied Health and that sort of thing, I've become aware with the time we've been doing our program, Community Connect, that quite a lot of synergy is there with the Allied Health between Geelong and Colac. I would actually say in all of our services, and health is really changing. It's really changed um, in the last uh, probably um, probably three to four years, and it really has been partnerships as a way, um, a really way to provide services for the community and um, no health service can survive on their own. We're part of a health system um, and that means partnerships are really important. So our partnerships with places like Essie, Great Ocean Road, Kimboon, Tarang um, are equally as important as what our relationship is to Bale and Health. Um, and, you know, you only have to look at... Um, uh, what's happening at the moment and you know I've had conversations with the chief executive of both Tarang and Timboon today around a couple of issues and that's about supporting each other and um, each other's health service and that's absolutely appropriate. And you in terms of being able to expand because Colac is expanding a bit too there are a few people moving out of um, city centres and coming down that way are you able to expand more to go with the flow on that? Yeah, and look, um, there are some services that we will see further growth in, and I think it won't be a surprise to your listeners, urgent care being one of them. Um, we will this year um, probably have in excess of 10,500 presentations 
Now, um, Urgent Care originally was built for about 6,500 presentations and we're continuing to increase. But on the same token, uh, we're doing uh, or commencing a lot of work with our general uh, practice partners being in particular Corinthian Clinic and Otway Medical Centre around chronic disease management because we know that we can do better in that space um, and there's opportunity, you know, the last place we want people to be is in hospital. You know, you, you don't need to be there, you, you shouldn't be there, but we see an opportunity in working collaboratively together that we can improve the outcomes for patients with um, chronic conditions. So there's work happening in that space. But the other thing is now the freeway, you know, is totally open and, um, or I should say highway, is totally open and repaired. Um, there is, um, people go up and down that highway not only to work, um, but also to seek services. Um, we have brought on a lot more um, uh, clinics uh, in our specialist clinic area um, and some of those clinics have actually increased in numbers. So things like nephrology, cardiology, um, you know, there is a demand. Those people or those physicians like coming here and we know that our patients um, find it easy coming here and often we get people from Geelong coming to those appointments. You know, there's the obvious benefit. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a great hospital, good environment, easy parking. Um, but there are also benefits in that because often those people are bringing money into the um, uh, into our town because they're going to the coffee shop, recognise they can't at the moment, but they are going to the coffee shops. I've heard from people, oh, it's fantastic to come here, great shoe shops, all those sort of things. So we shouldn't discount those business opportunities as well as the health opportunities. There was one thing, a couple or a couple of things that have come up during the course of the year that um, we've been we had on prog programs going. One that I found was a bit difficult to get people to talk from Colac was about um, World AIDS Day, um, yep. and that ended up. Um, it's actually top of the pops in terms of we'll be podcasting this program too. By the way, uh, Fiona, yep. so I'll, I'll tag the the hospital on it. But yeah. the World AIDS Day is a uh, one that we know that a lot of there are people living with HIV in in Colac, and they have to go elsewhere for services. And I know that there were people in Geelong going to Melbourne, and some of it's for privacy and whatever else. But with the way the epidemic's going or the pandemic at the moment, it seems to have shifted with being able to escalate some of these uh, chronic conditions and or. Well, your hospital admissions, your HARP, is it hospital admissions risk programs? Yeah, absolutely. And they're all, they seem to be getting uh, or be looking at streamlining more to be able to service the needs of the locals without having to, you know, head off into town or whatever. Are you yeah, able to absolutely. help bring that along? Um, so, from my perspective, that, that goes back to some of the chronic condition work that I was talking about before. Yeah. Um, we know often people are coming um, to our urgent care and if we can do better in programs like um, HARP, um, and that's a perfect example, then we can keep people uh, more well and keep them out in the community. So we are absolutely focused on that work um, and think there is more that we can do in that space as well. Because I have heard people sort of um, say that they're being treated like second cousins or a, like a, a suburb of Geelong in some regards with some of the 
to health issues, and I find that that's... That's not okay. No, it's not and okay. And, uh, and I'm more than happy to hear from those people, because from my perspective, um, we're only here because of our community. Um, and if we're, not, if we're not doing right, for me, the culture is extremely important. And I want um, everybody that touches our um, service to get a great experience every time. Not some of the time, every time. So I'm, I am very interested to hear that sort of feedback um, from people if they are uh, hearing or experiencing that. It's important to me, and I know what I would expect when I go to a service as well. So I can only encourage, please come back to us and let us know. Um, all feedback and complaints like that go through our consumer liaison officer, and I work very closely with her because it's extremely important to me. And I'm quite sincere. We, I want to hear about it. No worries. Well, I can pass some of them on if I... Well, what I'll best do is if I hear someone saying it again, I just say, hey, contact, because you can give your feedback direct and it's, uh, Absolutely. it's Absolutely. quite welcome. You are on Community Connect and it is on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. We were also streaming live at all the wsocrfm.org.au. We actually met at a, an event organised by Car- the Karakaramean people, didn't we? We did indeed. Now that brings into question um, a view. You don't actually have a, an Aboriginal health unit, do you? No, we don't have an Aboriginal liaison officer, um, which is different to an Aboriginal health unit. Okay. Um, most organisations um, have, well, not of this size, but bigger organisations have an Aboriginal liaison officer. Um, and basically, the role of that person is also as a link to our Aboriginal community and anybody who is accessing the service. Um, I'd have to say it is something that we have discussed um, as an organisation, whether it's something, because uh, it wouldn't be full-time, it wouldn't be required full-time, but I would have to say, given um, the circumstances that I've talked to you before, um, being held to actually have time uh, to explore that has been quite limited. Um, I'm also conscious um, that uh, people haven't wanted to access our service and one of the things for me in the first instance is making sure we've got a welcoming environment and an environment that our Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander community can relate to um, and we are also doing training prior to COVID um, and at the end of last year around um, training our staff in being uh, culturally sensitive as well. So it would be great to have someone where we're not there yet and we won't be there for some time, particularly in the current climate. But it doesn't mean that there's other things that we shouldn't be doing. Um, and they're the sort of um, uh, things that I just spoke about before. Okay, now one of the things, I've, believe it or not, I've worked in management and what sort of things during... With IT, though, a little bit different. And uh, but I found that the first year I was at any any place was where I sort of settled in to have a good look at what they were doing before I tried to, to reinvent the wheel, if you know what I mean. You've got your nine months up now, and it's been quite knocked around with the well. You got the uh, IT virus you had, and now we've got this pandemic. What has that done to your plans? You must have had some plans that uh, you were talked about at the time of. Well, before joining Colic Area yeah, Health. Yeah, and obviously part of, part of the interview and all those sort of things. Yeah. Um, 
probably contributed to me being successful in getting the role. And, and look, some of the things coming into any organisation is, you know, a financial analysis, it's a quality analysis in understanding what are our clinical outcomes, um, our governance processes, all those sorts of things. And while um, I think it's fair to say I haven't had the usual um, uh, commencement in any organisation that you would normally expect to have, it doesn't mean that um, out of those things there's provided opportunity. Um, and some of that opportunity is because, uh, for instance, we had accreditation September 10, 11 and 12. So coming in and I've got a governance background, um, it was doing a deep dive very quickly um, to understand how that works for the organisation and what we needed to do um, uh, to progress and things like that. So, okay, it wasn't the way I would have necessarily wanted to do it, but if those opportunities have still been provided, um, it's the same from a financial analysis, it's the same from a cultural perspective. We had um, our annual staff survey, which is done through the uh, public sector, um, and that was happening uh, almost the week that I started. So that gave me a great opportunity for you to you know, to talk to the staff and say, I want to hear from you. Um, you know, if I don't know, I can't do anything about it, and um, I really want to hear what are the issues, where do you see the opportunities, and, um, you know, I hope to have a better response rate next time we do it. But we had a 57% response rate, and I think traditionally we had somewhere around the 25-30%. So I was pleased even to get that level of engagement and the staff talking to me. So while it hasn't been in the systematic way that I had, um, uh, had planned, there's still been opportunities to do that, and getting understanding of that data will help actually inform uh, the strategic plan which we're starting to work on. It's been delayed obviously because of the current circumstances, but that information absolutely will inform that into the future. You, and your strategic moving towards the future, has it had to be put on hold or are you still able to look through the, the mess that we're in at the moment to be able to continue with your... Um um, I'm looking at it and the board's looking at it as a short, medium, longer term. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is a healthy way of looking at it. Um, and at the moment, you know, from a short term, I'm looking to the end of the financial year and obviously to the end of the COVID uh, period because there are things, doesn't matter how much we want to, we may not be able to because of the current, but it doesn't mean that um, the business stops. People still get sick. Um, whether it, and I'm not talking about COVID clearly, people still need services. It challenges us on, us on how we deliver those services. And one of the big things for me is um, I think there's massive opportunity for us for telehealth. Um, it's not something that we had been really well engaged in, but now we're having to because of COVID-19, and that's okay. The driver might be different, but the outcome will be the same. So there's things like that, instead of seeing it as a negative, it's about seeing it as an opportunity and how we can do it through this time. But what are the opportunities post-COVID-19 for getting some of that within our normal um, uh, service delivery? With the, just beside the COVID-19, though, for, um, we'll get back to that because I know you've set up a clinic and whatever. Yeah. With, with general information to people... Um, this has recently happened. Edwina had to go in for a slight, you know, just an in, uh, elective surgery thing. 
And one of the first things she was asked is, have you got a an advanced care plan? Yeah. With and, all... um, it's something that we are asking all people around advanced care planning. A couple of years ago, there was a real push um, for all the right reasons around advanced care planning, and I'm really proud um, within the organisation that they've taken it seriously, and that's not been my leadership. That's been the leadership um, of a lot of the head clinicians um, with their teams in making sure that work's done. But people shouldn't be frightened by that. Um, that that's uh, quite a reasonable question to ask, um, and it's something that we need to touch back on in the current climate as well. It doesn't mean that there's going to be a poor outcome, but it's about thinking about what things are going to look like now and into the future, and it's an extension on work that's previously been done. That's a message that we need to get out to our listeners and to everyone is that they need to look towards their health and there are special needs at the moment that, uh, well, we will go to the COVID-19 now. Um, What sort of words of advice have you got or how are you handling it through Colac Area Health itself? Yeah, um, and I suppose one of the key things is how am I communicating to the staff and more broadly? So um, we set up an incident management team some weeks ago um, and that's not unusual for health services to do that and that is an important um, important function of that and those key people including myself is obviously around the planning, um, if it comes, what does it look like, um, how do we change our services, how do we respond, um, how do we care for our staff. So. Anything you can think of what a health service does for both its staff and its um, community is what we're dealing with and working through. Um, but how does that get communicated? So the staff will raise issues or concerns that come to that committee and we also problem solve and send key messages every day. Um, I, from day one, started doing CEO blogs, so I do a YouTube once a week uh, to get key messages out, but under the current climate, I'm doing that almost every day, um, just so the staff feel informed, um, and it's another way of communicating with staff, because I think it's not one style of communication, it's everybody, so we're doing that. Um, in terms of the community um, larger, uh, a lot of our services, uh, our individual services are contacting uh, families or patients or clients directly. Um, we're using technology. You know, I talked about before telehealth, telephones, SMSs, and things like that. Um, and I'm really grateful for the relationship we have with Colac Herald and um, Power FM because we're also using those as mediums to get some um, communication out. And um, I've, uh, one of the absolute positive sides um, of COVID is I've had the privilege of meeting um, a lot more of the business leaders uh, within this community and we have worked very closely in thinking about the health and well-being um, of our community and really promoting keeping Colac safe and you'll see um, a, a lot of information starting to flow around that um, but we've also talked about the mental health how we keep our um, uh, community engaged in the threats of the community and also from a finance, knowing what businesses, the effect it's having on businesses and homes um, with people losing their jobs and that sort of thing. So I'm part of that group and contributing but also receiving information from that that we use 
in really service delivery and think about what we need to. And that's how um, that 1800 number or that um, community service program that you alluded to before came about as well. Okay. One of the um, well, one of the reasons why Community Connect came to to light is because of AOD issues, alcohol and other drug issues. Yeah. How how is that going? Because I know that they've we've had conversations with some of the younguns and uh, various other people around this, and it's a a problem in all communities. Uh, is there enough um, service in Colac to cope with what the demand is really? Well, there's actually four service providers for um, AOD, which is um, a huge amount of services provided. Um, so my sense is on the information um, that I'm aware of, there is more than enough to. It's about making sure that we're working um, uh, together and complementary. Um, I think I always get concerned when there is so many services that um, uh, we don't make it confusing for people trying to access those services. So that's possibly a potential risk, not that we haven't got the services. Okay, now we better get to wind you up because I know you've got another meeting shortly. There is a, you've got a COVID-19 clinic that has we been have, established. Yeah, look, we, we actually set that up a couple of weeks ago um, and that was running in parallel to um, the urgent care centre. Um, and part of that really was because working with our GP colleagues, um, they just didn't have the capacity within their rooms or the PPE within their rooms to be able to deal with um, the potential demand. So that clinic was set up a few weeks ago. Um, last Thursday, we moved it to the Blue Building, which is just uh, next door to the hospital uh, main entrance. So not the urgent care, the hospital main entrance. Um, and that service is being run from 11 till 7 every day, seven days a week. Um, and it is a screening centre and if people need to be swabbed, obviously that's occurring as well. Okay, now, um, sorry. Sorry, Fiona, we, we, with people being screened, the main um, signs that there may be something that means you should be screened, um, what are they? So um, the obvious one uh, was have you been overseas um, recently? Have um, you been in contact with somebody that's known positive COVID-19? Have you um, had temperatures? Are you lethargic? Um, have you got a dry cough? Those sort of things are the immediate questions that people are being asked of. And if um, in that screening um, uh, people are seen to be positive, then that is really, um, that is a cue then that they are actually swabbed and a COVID-19 swab is completed at that time. And they're the things we need to look at because we don't want people overloading you needlessly with, um, well, I'm not going to call it hypochondria, but with um, panicking about the fact that they've got yeah. a little bit of something not quite right to uh, to not just put it... Yeah. And look, well, the other thing, what we are starting to do, because of the demand, we have moved it, as I said, but we are also um, setting up a phone line for people to ring in ahead because the other thing is we don't want people standing and waiting, um, uh, particularly given the, the announcements um, yesterday of no more than two people. Um, so I'm happy to provide that number offline um, to you so people can ring ahead of time before they come in. Probably the other thing I... Sorry, sorry with that, Fiona, I actually did find that there is a number on, on the internet 
the, um, so it is public or did you did you want me to give it out? Uh, yes, that's the 532 number. It's not the 1800 number. It's a different um, service. It's, a, it's 5232. Uh, I just need to... I'll have to get it and give it to you because we're only just established it today. Okay. Um, and I will uh, most definitely get it back to you. Well, if you can get that back to me, I'll be able to include it... Um, because I'll be putting a little bit of a, a spiel on the, the back end of this to do an outro. That'd uh, be fantastic. And so I'll put that phone number on. If you can get that back to me, get Kelly to give me a call or whatever, or just SMS it to me. It'd be great, please, Fiona. No problems at all. That'd be fantastic. All right. So and the the uh, clinic is open. Just give us a rundown on the clinic again and accessibility to it. It's so it's um it runs in the blue building uh, just to the side of the main hospital reception, um, a, a hospital entrance, sorry, um, and there are signage there of COVID-19 clinic. Um, so uh, we are conducting that screening in that building. Okay. And, and just, it's between 11 and 7. 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. And just, yeah, if you're feeling a little bit crook, just don't put it all down that it's going to be COVID-19. It, no. It can be something other else. That's exactly right. And I think at the moment... Um, uh, the staff are laughing, which is fantastic. When they're asked, do they feel lethargic? Is one of the questions. Well, yes, but it's not COVID nineteen because everybody's so busy. That's so right. it is a combination of those symptoms, obviously, that we're looking at for indications. Okay, well, good on you. Thank you very much for your time today, and uh, better let you go to your to your meeting. Can I just ask you? There is there is another clinic that we are also or a community support line. Uh, which is a 1800, and that's for our community um, uh, really to ring in if um, they have concerns, don't know where to go for information, and that's not the COVID clinic, that's the community support line, and that's 1800 512 424. 512 424. Yep, um, and that runs between 9 and 4.30. The purpose of that clinic is if people need to practical support, whether it's food relief, um, uh, contact for other agencies, don't know how to get onto other agencies, or thinking from a financial perspective. We're not providing financial advice, but we are providing advice um, how to register for Centrelink or if you're a small business, where to go to get information, um, and also counselling services, referrals for counselling services. So that number is the support from a health and wellbeing. Um, and we're working with Colac Shire on that, or Colac Hotwire Shire, um, and uh, it's an important number to have. The health assessment clinic, which is a COVID clinic, um, is the other number which I will give to you. Okay, that's fantastic. Now, we still want people to present to their GP too, though, don't we, Fiona? Well, um, yes, we do, but they should be ringing the GPs ahead of time and telling them what the symptoms are. Um, prior to coming in and the GP may turn around and say, look, just go straight to the COVID-19 clinic. Yep. Because as I said, that was established um, really to support our GP workforce, knowing that they um, were really limited on resources and areas um, to be able to deal with it. With, uh, we are much more able to do that and support and work in partnership with them. Okay, well, thanks very much for being uh, so available. And uh, yeah, let's hope you're next nine months or the next 12 months uh, are less exciting but uh, productive <laughs> look thank you greg um and i'm really i'm loving loving being here even though the um hurdles that we've um uh, keep being popped up in front of us but it, it's a great community 
and I feel very privileged to be here. Good on you. And look, we'll see you around the trap, so thanks very much, Fiona. No worries, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. The phone numbers for the Colac Area Health Community Support Line is 1-800-512-424. Everyone out there, I hope you are well. And remember the messages that have been given that uh, we don't want you to go in and panicking and whatever, but if you are crook, if you've got fever, coughing, sore throat, fatigue, shortness of breath, and all of those, um, maybe you're needing to get checked out. So if you uh, contact or go to the Colic Area Health COVID-19 Clinic, the phone number is 5232-5402. And it's open between 11am to 7pm, seven days. And to reduce the spread of the disease and to comply with social distancing, you won't be lining up in front of the clinic. You'll be making a phone call to that number and someone will come out and attend to you. So yeah, hoping to be with you next week and hope everyone's well out there. So look after yourselves and uh, remember to keep your social distance. Cheers.